0: I want to uh, continue with our series on followers of Jesus and as you can see from the title today um, I want you to look at the difference between falling and failing. Uh, more specifically I think there's so many times in our lives where we fall down, we, we mess up, uh, we're, we disappoint ourselves or we feel like we've disappointed God or we feel like we've disappointed our families or, or uh, teachers, colleagues, whatever the case might be and sometimes Uh, You can get so tired from falling that you're tempted to actually stay down. It's easier not to raise expectations than to keep hoping and trying again and being disappointed. And the big idea I want to get across today is that I think the ultimate failure is when we stay down, when we allow our faith to fail. And we're going to take a look at one of the better known characters in the New Testament in a few moments. But before we go to that, some of you might be familiar with... Uh, a sort of legendary South African surfer, Chris Bertish. Uh, his kind of initial claim to fame was that in 2010, he was invited, he was one of 24 international surfers that was invited to go along to kind of the big daddy uh, competition of big wave surfing in California, known as Mavericks. And uh, he landed in California, However, his surfboard and his wetsuit didn't. So he landed up having to uh, actually borrow someone else's wetsuit, someone else's surfboard, and he went on to surf in the competition. Um, What happened is that, uh, as is often the case with people, he got pummeled, he wiped out massively on three monster waves, uh, three roughly 60 foot waves. The one was the biggest he'd ever seen. The force was so powerful, that sense of of, of being in a washing machine was so powerful that it dragged him underwater for longer than a kilometer in 20 seconds. Uh, His bottom teeth went right through his lip. So you talk about wiping out, this guy wiped out massively. Uh, He eventually came back to the surface, he was rescued by a jet ski. I guess somewhere along the line he regained uh, his breath and his composure i don't know if they stitched his his lip up but he went on on a borrowed surfboard to land up winning the mavericks competition on a borrowed surfboard in a borrowed wetsuit because he got back up again after he'd been pushed down massively if you take a look this is a roughly uh what a surfer i don't know if you can see this little image down here but that's what a surfer looks like on the at the bottom of a 60-foot wave maybe you have felt like that I've definitely felt like that at times in my life, where you feel like you get caught in the washing machine, in the turbulence of uh, disappointment, where you feel like like you've just fallen so many times. You feel like you've been disappointed. You've personally messed up, and you just feel like like you don't even know if you can believe anymore. You don't even know if you have enough hope to keep going, to get back up again. And I've got to tell you, besides feeling, you know, you know, besides going through seasons in my life where I have felt confused or uh, even disappointed perhaps with God, um, I think the seasons that I've struggled with the most, the times where I have struggled the most to get back up is when I have felt like I'm disappointing God. And I don't know if you can relate to that, where you feel, and I don't know, maybe even in this season with with extra time on your hands and maybe you know, you're know you out of routine, maybe you finding yourself, your mind going to places you don't want to go to and your heart going to places... That you don't want it to go to, and maybe you're fighting more with your family than, like, you declare your love on the one hand, and then you know, an hour later you're having really destructive conflict, uh, or maybe you, you know you're living with with housemates and roommates, and you're so badly you want to be a light and you want to be salt, but you you know that you're being a terrible example, and so you feel like you are falling. I want to encourage you that when that happens, not to let your faith fail. Again, for me personally, I think the times that I've struggled with the most have been when I feel like I disappoint God and where I feel like I go down roads that I know, like when I'm thinking clearly and I'm the best version of myself and I've had enough rest and I've had enough sleep and and I'm not eating junk and and I can just, when I'm the best version of myself, I know who I want to be. I know how I want to behave. I know where I want my mind to go. But there are those seasons where you just feel like you're being pummeled by wave after wave after wave and you land up being someone that you don't wanna be. And those for me have been the seasons in my life that I've struggled the most to believe that God is still gracious, that God is still kind, that His love is not conditional. Uh, I think the challenge for us is that we know that there are always consequences to our actions and there are consequences to our decisions and there are consequences to where we allow our, our minds and our hearts to go. But just because there are consequences, and those are con- we, we need to own those. Just because they're consequences it doesn't mean that that makes God's love conditional. We have to take responsibility for the consequences but we need to also accept that God's love is unconditional and I think arguably one of the greatest examples of this where um, the heart of God is revealed towards people and our weaknesses and our vulnerability is the interaction that we see between Jesus and one of his disciples, Peter. Peter's pretty well known. He's, he's known as the guy who denied Jesus three times uh, before the cock crowed. And, and he's also known as the guy who tried to walk on water and the guy who cut the, the ear of the God off in the garden of Gethsemane when they came to, to arrest Jesus. So, so he was a really passionate guy. He had faith. He, I think he was deadly sincere and serious about trying to follow Jesus. Uh, in fact, the more I think about Peter, the more encouraged I am by how sincere I think he was in his intentions and in his heart. And yet, as much as he had these bold moments of just radical faith and devotion, Peter also had these bold, almost like like famous moments of wiping out and disappointing himself and I'm sure in his mind, disappointing God, and so I want to just show you this short interaction between Jesus and Peter during this week. So today, uh, amongst Christians, is traditionally known as Palm Sunday. Um, on Friday and Sunday, we're celebrating Easter. During this last week of Jesus' life, before he was arrested and and crucified, we see a little bit of interaction between Peter and Jesus. This was actually the night before Jesus is arrested. This is just after the Last Supper, where uh, it's almost like Je- I don't know if Jesus pulled Peter aside, but he kind of warns him that he's about to, uh, he's about to fail. He's about to fall miserably, yet he's already prayed for him that his faith would not fail. Take a look at the scripture very quickly. Luke chapter 22 verse 31 to 34. It says, Simon, Simon, this was another name for Peter. Jesus changed his name from Simon to Peter, but in the Bible there's still times where he's referred to as Simon. He says to him, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like weed just before we move on i want to encourage you i mean actually no not encourage i want to caution you that you do have an enemy who does want to sift you he has an agenda yes he wants to use this season to cause more conflict to cause more uh, misunderstanding and bitterness between you and your family to make you fear a lack of resources and the ability to pay bills and and He has an agenda to steal, kill, and destroy. The Bible tells us that when he lies, he is speaking his native language. He is the father of lies. He cannot speak truth. He never, ever has a moment of mercy. So yes, he has an agenda. But I want to also encourage you that God has an agenda. He loves you. He's relentless. We mentioned last week that he runs to the repentant. When we fail, when we fall, he's not the one that moves away from us. We're the ones move away from him. So Jesus is already warning Peter that Satan has asked to sift him. And then he goes on to say, Peter, I have, or Simon, I have pleaded in prayer for you. I love that phrase. I have pleaded in prayer for you that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented, he's already saying, Peter, you're going to screw up. But when you have repented, like he's already speaking hope into him and faith into him. When you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. Now, Peter, I think like many of us, you know, was almost taken aback and and he was a little bit offended. He's like, never. Lord, I'm ready to go to prison with you, even to die with you. But Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. And I don't know about you, but if I was Peter, this is the last night, like this is the night where, where the one I love, the one I'm trying to follow is about to go through his darkest moment, his deepest pain, like to, to be told by him. I mean, imagine my wife telling me, Jason, you're going to let me down. You're going to betray me. I don't know if we can appreciate the level of disappointment, the level of pain and frustration that I think Peter would have gone through. And again, I want, to just, I want to just encourage you, Peter wasn't a bad guy. Peter had the faith to walk on water, Peter uh, had the faith to try and defend Jesus when he was being arrested in the garden and he cut off the God's ear. Um, Peter, Peter was like, he's saying, Jesus, my intention is to die with you. So he wasn't a bad guy. He was passionate and sincere, yet he does land up denying Jesus three times. In just a few hours, he's going to fall asleep when Jesus is asking his closest friends, Peter, James, and John, to stay awake and to pray with him. While Jesus is sweating drops of blood and he's stressing, he's he's enduring the deepest grief because of what he knows he's about to face. Which wasn't the physical torture, it was the relational separation from the Father. Side note, Jesus was willing to be separated from the Father on the cross so that you and I never have to be separated from him. But Jesus knew what that was about, what he was about to experience. And so he was he was taking legit strain. During this time, Peter, James, and John. Maybe they ate too much at dinner time, kicked in, but they fell asleep. I think they would have felt the disappointment. And then, of course, he he denies him. I want to go back for a moment uh, to verse 32, where it says, This is Jesus speaking to Peter. I want to go back for a moment to encourage you. With the fact that he says, "I have pleaded in prayer for you." I don't know if this is something that we can get our heads around. This isn't the only time that it is referenced in Scripture, in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 24. It also references how Jesus right now is in heaven with the Father, praying on our behalf, interceding on our behalf. In Romans 8 verse 34, we read who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us. That's what we're going to celebrate next weekend and raised to life for us. And he's sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. He knows that Peter is about to fail, but he's pleading that his faith will not fail. He's already interceding and praying on Peter's behalf that his faith will not fail. In case... Uh, I haven't made this clear enough. The big idea today is that when you fall, don't let your faith fail. You are going to fall. Jesus said, you're going to fall. I've already prayed. And so when you have repented, don't let your faith fail. Instead, turn back to me and strengthen your brothers. And I want to encourage you for a moment. I think that the way that we uh, kind of push back and don't allow our faith to fail is to learn, return, and to help others. When we fall, the way to not allow our faith to fail is to learn, return, and to help others. Now, I wish I had uh, some really, really uh, profound genius type of wisdom or or strategy to share with you. Um, But I actually think it is almost patronizingly simple how God wants to help us to learn, return, and to help others. In fact, I wanna share the ABCs with you. The ABCs of how to learn, return, and to help others. The first, A, is to accept God's grace and leadership. Now I want you to notice the two words. It's not just accepting His grace, so it's not just accepting His mercy and His kindness. That's, so, so we do accept that forgiveness, but then the other part of that, or the other side of the coin, is that we choose to follow His uh, leadership. And so the only way for us to grow, the only way for us to learn, the only way for us to return and to help others is to actually accept God's grace and leadership. B is for building personal habits. So on the one hand, I want to encourage you and and inspire you that God's grace is unconditional. It is amazing. And that should encourage us. That should strengthen us. But then I want to also encourage you that we have a responsibility to do what we can. And that's why I think sometimes we're in danger of going from week to week or devotional to devotional where we're just looking for inspiration, looking for inspiration, looking for encouragement. But I, and that's good, but I think that God wants us to translate that into action where we determine to build whatever the next habit is that we know that God keeps bringing to our mind and to our heart. Um, In fact, we we did a very short video, seven or eight minute video on our YouTube channel. You can go back and take a look at that on on just a few examples of habits that form our heart. So I wanna encourage you, don't, don't try and tackle seven habits at the same time, but maybe there's one that stands out to you that you can try and implement. And as we do this, as we keep getting back up, as we don't give in, as we don't give up, as we, as when, we, when we're trying a habit and we feel like we're failing, as we keep getting back up, making adjustments, making tweaks, I honestly do believe that our faith will get stronger. As we commit to and keep trying to build consistent habits, our faith will get stronger than our feelings. And in seasons like this, it's so easy for us to be led by our feelings. It's so easy for us to wanna just give in our feelings in fact we can even feel like a victim a lot of the time but i want to encourage you that choices lead and feelings follow choices lead and feelings follow so i want to encourage you to choose healthy habits that are going to help form in you what god wants you're going to find that your feelings are going to follow then you will experience the kind of joy and, and happiness that you want to add and then the c is simply to commit to community um, again, we need physical distance, but we do not want to give in to social distance. We need support, we need one another. In fact, even after this recording, but later on today, I've got a, a video call with two very close friends, where we, we are committed to checking in at least once a month. I mean, we'll have other little brief check-ins, but at least once a month, we have a kind of like a heart-to-heart, where we laugh, we talk nonsense, but we also check in with each other and, and we share anything we need to share. We are vulnerable, we are transparent, uh, we have each other's backs. We need one another. I, I can honestly tell you that uh, the only reason that I think I'm still serving God, and I'm on a journey just like everybody else, um, but I've often mentioned that, that for me there are three things. One is revelation, two is relationships, three is responsibility. So revelation from God, and that's when you sense God uh, drawing you, inviting you, revealing his goodness and kindness, his grace to you. So that's that's revelation. Relationships are where we stop trying to do life alone. We are committed to one another. We are willing to trust and be trusted. Uh, we are willing to care and be careful. We're willing to give and receive love. We're willing to be supported and to support one another. R- revelation, relationships and responsibility, that's just a side note. Um, I really do believe that, that as we start engaging in God's purpose for our lives, Um, and we start taking on responsibility to care for others, to serve others, Um, somehow between those three things, it has kept me on the road that I want to stay on. And I've fallen so many times. I feel like I've failed so many times. I've gotten tired so many times. But but between those three things, revelation, relationship, and responsibility, uh, I feel like it has helped me keep getting back onto the the path that God has me. So please commit to community. The enemy uh, is not able to harm and destroy the weakest sheep. He's able to do that to the most isolated sheep. A predator will leave a weak sheep that's surrounded by a pack, but he will attack a strong sheep that is alone off by himself thinking that he can do whatever he needs to. So so if you're in a life group, stay connected to your life group. If you don't have data, just keep messaging each other. Um, If you're on a dream team, check in with one another. Why Why don't you commit to praying every day for your dream team, for your life group, and ask God if there's anyone that He's especially putting onto your heart so that you can get hold of them, pray for them, encourage them. Can you imagine, in closing, can you imagine what it would be like if we didn't give in to shame and condemnation discouragement when we fall maybe you've heard this and it's a little bit of a cliche but it helps me remember it this idea that Satan knows your name but he calls you by your shame whereas Jesus knows your shame but he calls you by your name in other words your enemy wants to identify you with your, your whole person with your weakness with your failure Jesus doesn't identify you with one thing or with areas of vulnerability, he sees you as a person that is struggling with something and he wants to help you with it. So can you imagine if we don't give in? Can you imagine if we keep accepting God's grace and leadership, if we keep building healthy personal habits, if we stay committed to community ruthlessly, when we feel like it, when we don't feel like it, choices lead, feelings follow. Can you imagine if we keep getting back up, if we are resilient, if we have that bounce back ability, if we get stronger, can you imagine what God can do through a community of believers all over the world who are gracious, compassionate, relentless? They're determined not to be defined by their failure, not to be defined by their weakness, not to be defined by their vulnerability, not to be defined by, by their limp, but to be defined by who God says they are, by how God sees you. One of my, I think one of my most consistent prayers is please God, help me to see what you see, help me to see people the way. You see people, and help me to even see myself the way you see me. And I, I'm telling you today, I'm praying, even in this moment, that God would help you to see yourself through His eyes. Do not be, do not, do not limit your identity to your failures, to your areas where you fall. Allow God to determine your identity, and I believe that as we do. Uh, we'll be able to live out this scripture found in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12 to 13. I find this encouraging and I feel like it kind of summarizes what we're we talking about today. So take a new grip, look at this, with your tired hands. We're not saying that you're Ooh, you know, full of energy and, and feeling excited and amazing. No, no, your hands may be tired. I want to encourage you to t- today to take a new grip. Strengthen your weak knees you may be tired strengthen your weak knees your knees may be older strengthen your weak knees in other words learn return mark out a straight path for your feet that speaks of habits determine don't drift determine your heading determine the road you want to be on determine the journey you're on mark out a straight path for your feet And then we see how we can strengthen others, how we can help others in community, so that those who are weak and lame will not fall, but become strong. You may not be motivated enough to persevere, to get back up, to fight another day for yourself. I wanna encourage you though, to fight another day for the sake of those that are coming after you, for your friends, for your colleagues, for other students at school, for your children, for your grandchildren, for your great-grandchildren, you have no idea. I think that the enemy is way more convinced of your potential than what I am or what you are. God knows, God's always thinking generationally. God wants to use us to strengthen others, to build into others, so don't give up the fight. When you fall, make sure that you get back up again do not let your faith fail learn return and strengthen others i want to end off by just showing you a a short little clip um it's a it's a modern uh, depiction and an illustration of jesus reassurance of peter after he fell after he denied him and it shows us i think a glimpse into the heart of the father towards us where He hasn't given up, and where He wants to help us to learn, return, and to strengthen others.
1: Grace is God's unmerited favor for us, His crazy love. And the truth is, many times we struggle understanding it. If you find yourself struggling to understand God's grace, don't beat yourself up. Even the disciples struggled with understanding grace. It's always about me.
0: That's grace, Peter. Maybe you can relate to Peter. Maybe you feel like you have, have knowingly denied God, walked away from Him uh, or let Him down in some way. I cannot encourage you enough today when you fall to get back up. Don't let your faith fail. Get back up. Try again. And if you fall again, get back up, try again. Confess, repent, but try again, try again, try again. Keep accepting God's grace and leadership. Keep committing to building healthy personal habits. Keep committing to community. I think that as we do this, we're going to find that God will meet us where we're at. He's going to strengthen us. He's going to encourage us. He's not going to allow our faith to fail. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much that you meet us in our actual point of vulnerability, of failure. Thank you so much that you don't just throw your hands up and and give up on us, but that that Jesus is actually pleading for us. He's talking to you right now, saying, "Hey, Dad, I know what they're going through. I know, I know what that feels like. They need our help right now. Come on, we got to, we got to help them. We have got to strengthen them. Thank you, God, that that, is, is who you are. That that's, the support that we have at our hands. Lord, for people that, that are maybe exploring a relationship with you, I pray that you'd help them to see, your grace, your mercy, God. That." that they would give up trying to sort themselves out, to to clean themselves up, to get their act together, to, to prove themselves, to make themselves worthy. God, would you help them to say yes to a relationship with you? Help them to say yes to Jesus' forgiveness. Help them to say yes to your leadership, to following you. God, I pray that you would help them to commit to the journey, to begin a journey of becoming a follower of Jesus. And Lord, as we... Enjoy. As, as we persevere in this journey, on this process, God, please would you help us to build the habits that are going to strengthen us, that are going to form in us the fruit that you're trying to bear in us. And would you help us to persevere and to commit to a community where we would strengthen one another, encourage one another, and pray for one another. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.